Welcome to Tea O'Clock with Keller. Bring your tea and leave with more. Hello. Hello, welcome to episode 10 of our third series. Woo! Happy Halloween. I know it was Halloween last <laughs> week, but we're recording on Halloween, so. But we hope you all enjoyed our Halloween episode. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did recording it. Yes. Because we always had so much fun. Yes. I, I sound sarcastic, but I actually meant that. No, no, no. I'm funny serious as well. We always do have lots of fun. Yeah. And I think this one is going to be another really fun one as well. Yeah, I've actually, I can't remember if I already said to you, I've had arguments with my newfound uni friends about this already. So oh, um, I think so it's exciting. Yeah, Ooh. so I think it's going to be juicy. I so think I can't wait. Yeah, so it's our Sally Rooney part two episode. All about normal people and beautiful world, but are you? We're talking about the books and obviously the TV show as well. That's for normal people because how could we not? I've got a couple of pictures of quotes yeah. from both of them, but I've pulled both the books out. We might have to compile a list or maybe make a page on our blog for quotes yeah. from things because I adore Sally Rooney's writing. There's so many quotable lines, so many beautiful lines. All right, let's just get straight into what we've been consuming then. Yes. Okay. I'll jingle um, this. <laughs> or something. Just, yeah. Well, Ella said she was going to do a jingle with her flu ages ago and never did. So, I think yeah, I'll... we'll have to push her on that one. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway. are, you, are you kicking us off? I can do. Hey Ella, what have you been consuming this week? I have read Lois the Witch and the Crucible. Ooh. Oh wait, that's a lie. I haven't finished Lois the Witch. <laughs> oh. I'm halfway through Lois the Witch, but I finished the Crucible, which I thought was quite interesting. I feel like it's one that I'd much prefer to see on stage as opposed to reading it. Yeah. I think there's a lot more you could get from it from watching it. So I need to look on Bob to see if I can... I, I did look on Bob and I couldn't find a version, but maybe find one somewhere. But yeah, so I've been reading a lot of witchcraft stuff recently for one of my modules at university. It's always very interesting. I listened to the Arctic Monkeys' new album, which is called The Car. Oh! Which I didn't like that much. Oh. I mean, I've only listened to it once. Yeah. But I feel like every song sounds the same. Oh, um, that's the worst. There's no, none of the songs kind of stood out to me. They all have the kind of similar, kind of slow, very typical Arctic Monkeys sound to them. Mm. But not a massive fan, so I don't know how much more of that I'm going to listen to. Yeah. Which is a shame. But never mind, there's always other music to listen to. Hosey mix. My Hosey mix. Did they ever talk about um, Swan Upon Later, which is his newest single? I don't know. I mean, I don't remember it, so I'm going to say no. Yeah, well, that is one of Hosey's songs off his new album, which I think he's in the process of recording at the moment. So oh. hopefully that'll be out at some point soon, maybe in the next year or two. Who knows? Oh, he's been teasing it for years though which is annoying but yeah no I'd recommend listening to Swan Upon Later it's an interesting song that kind of mixes 
the mythological story about um, Leda and the Swan. And it's kind of very topical with all the reproductive rights things happening in the world as well. So, yeah, plug for Hosier as always. <laughs> and then I've been watching, well, I've watched the first four episodes of The Rings of Power. Oh, what do you think? I'm undecided because I feel like it doesn't feel very Lord of the Ringsy. Yeah. But I guess obviously it was set a lot earlier, so it doesn't. But also the story doesn't seem very clear. Like it seems like lots of little stories all kind of mixed and jumbled together. And I can't quite tell what each of them are doing, whether they're all going to kind of merge into I don't know basically I'm undecided even though I've watched four episodes of it now are you gonna keep I don't know I feel like I might watch it to the end to figure out whether things do start kind of tying together Mm. and you can kind of understand what each of their goals are and what they're each working towards because at the moment there isn't much of that kind of motivation I don't think I don't know Maybe I'm just annoyed that it's not like the others. <laughs> it looks amazing. Like the yep. visuals are so good. And there's some good music as well. But I'm just, I'm undecided. So basically, in my, what I've been consuming, I've been undecided about a lot of things. Nothing yeah. quite hit the mark, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> but yeah, what about you? Hey Kerry, what have you been consuming this week? Um, so I was listening to, is he called, do you pronounce it Brian Eno? Is that Isaiah's name? Or Eno? It's like Eno. He does all the ambient stuff. Ah, uh, okay. And he's, yeah. Yeah, it got suggested to me on Spotify when I was listening to some kind of study scopes thing, because I'd listened to your one loads. Um, he, it was called like, his name times ambient and uh, and it was quite unrelaxing but an interesting ambient for like not quite hyping you up but making you feel busy mm. <laughs> it wasn't relaxing but if you want something a bit different to yeah. that's interesting and um, this week I read Forever Home by Graham Norton Oh yes, I haven't haven't asked you about that yet. I love Graham Norton so much, but this was a three star read for me. Okay, his writing style is so so beautiful, but I just didn't enjoy the story as much as the other ones. I don't know whether it was because the protagonist in this one felt like a lot of the characters were of an older demographic. Mm. What well, actually, I don't know. There was young, younger ones, but um, I don't know. The other books felt a bit younger, and I think perhaps that just I can relate to that more. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. It just didn't feel as structured as the other books, and it, it took until halfway through. This isn't a spoiler because all his books are some kind of like crime. Yeah mystery thing um halfway through they found a body and I didn't even realize up until that point that it was what the plot was that it was a murder mystery thing yeah so I was like oh 
that took a while. Here we are. So I know throughout I was just like, oh, this is just gorgeous writing, Graham. Yes, love it. And then we got to the end, and then I felt it was a bit unsolved. Mm-hmm. But hey, I still recommend all of his books. Maybe read that one first, though. Because <laughs> uh, the others for me are like four or five stars. So yeah. Yeah. And I got to see him talk about it. I went to watch him at Southbank and it was so fun. I loved it. I always I was tearing up because I loved it so much because he's Aww. just amazing. So That's it was really cool. I tried to ask him a question about his books because it was one of those things when you just send in questions so you don't actually have to do the microphone. And my question didn't get chosen. They just asked him about stuff to do with the show. So but yeah it was really fun but that's so cool you were in the same room as him I know I was like ah so yeah and then for watching I went to watch Ostentatious and I highly recommend that everyone goes and sees it even if they haven't read a Jane Austen book because it's themed so basically it's improv themed around Jane Austen so the audience just comes up with the title and in the every show is a different show so like they just talk in the style of Jane Austen characters but you don't need to read the books uh, and I think maybe around Christmas time they're doing a long run back at um, somewhere in the West End but they're on tour at the moment and I think they still have some dates left so I recommend checking it out it's really funny. I've never seen improv before and I thought, oh, would it be cringe? But I had a cracking time. Oh. Definitely recommend checking that out. The one they did for us was Alice in Spinsterland. <laughs> it, it was really fun. That's so, really cool. Very good. Oh, and I've just ruined one of my nails. Oh, no, getting too excited. Oh, God. About Jane Austen improv. I know. I, I actually... I suggested a title. Well, I didn't say it. I was too scared. But I told my dad beforehand and he suggested it. I said that they should do fannying about because <laughs> for people that don't know, Fanny's the protagonist in Mansfield Park. But yeah, I didn't really get an enthusiastic reception. I mean, it wasn't as good as Alison Smith's Island, but yeah. Yeah. And then, well, yeah, right. So on to <laughs> Sally Rooney. On to Sally Rooney. Ooh. Okay. Should we give like two sentence summaries of the plots? Yeah, okay. Let's summarize. Meaning, I think normal people can be summed up as it follows two people who have a relationship from the end of sixth form until they graduate from college. It's that like four or five years of their lives. They have kind of an on and off relationship. Yeah, basically, that's what the book's about books about them that's really good yeah yeah that doesn't really give anything away but that's kind of when you break it down that's what the plot is yeah it's not very plot heavy none of her books are very plot heavy okay should I attempt to replicate that with beautiful world where are you if I think it's slightly harder with beautiful world where are you yeah okay there's four characters this time not two well two couples and the woman in each couple they're best friends of each other they communicate with emails and it's about their relationships with their men yeah and they're like late 20s oh yeah yeah good point yeah um, a bit later on in life a bit more career stuff thrown in there 
yeah, but that is that's basically the plot as well. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we start? Oh, okay. Should we just give each our rating for both of them? Okay. Um, we can also include like a rating of the TV show within that and just like a couple of words on how much we like it. Okay. Okay. I don't actually know whether normal people is on my Goodreads, but I think I would give normal people a four stars. I think it was the first Sally Rooney book I read. I loved it. Loved the TV show as well. Yeah. And then I'd give, I gave Beautiful World Where Are You five stars. I saw you loving that. I don't know whether it's a mix of the fact that I read it in between reading lots of stuff for uni and therefore I was like oh my god this is amazing but also it feels like a grown-up version of normal people that is such a good way of putting it yeah like both both in the fact that they are older but also I think you can see Sally Rooney herself has matured as a writer. Yeah, I agree. So I think it might be her best work to date for me personally. Ooh, high praise. High praise. I, yeah, really enjoy it. Um, what about you? <laughs> I'd say three stars for non-people. Yeah. And I've been trying to work out what all the hype is about for so long now. Uh, and so... I'm intrigued to hear all of your thoughts on it. Okay. The TV show, um, I think I preferred the book because the TV show, I felt like, was the length of normal people times two. Yeah. It went through the book twice. I genuinely think it was quicker to read the book than watch the show. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Yeah, but we'll we'll, we'll take that. And then Beautiful World, Where Are You? On my Goodreads, it says three stars, but I've since changed my mind and it is four stars. Mm -hmm. And there are loads of things I really like about it. But I think the whole thing of her maturing, some of it I felt was a bit more pretentious than her other works, which you, is in your review on Goodreads, you're like, oh, you didn't think it was. I didn't think it was too pretentious. Maybe I need to put the word too in bold. Yeah. Because that's the she bit, which is virgin, definitely virgin on it. And yeah. like, hell, she's educated. She knows what she's on about. She's got all these big thoughts. Mm. I still think it's readable. Yeah, maybe that just shows our different levels of education. You're, you've got more brains than I do. <laughs> no, no, no. You're the one doing a master's. <laughs> yeah, I don't, mm. I don't yeah. even have a degree. <laughs> oh hey you've, you've done another year of your degree more than I did <laughs> okay right where to dive in do you want to I don't know maybe kick it us off with a quote kick us off with a quote okay yeah. oh uh, you know what's one of the probably one of the more popular quotes from normal people which I do actually really like as well is when he says Marianne I'm not a religious person, but sometimes I think God made you for me. I did not know that that was one of the... I don't know what the favourite quotes are from it. And I don't know. I feel like it's one that I've definitely heard people mention a lot. But I I love that quote because I think so much is wrapped up in that short sentence about him, about their relationship, about everything. I just love it. I love that I I'm the exact same that's the second quote that I wrote down for normal people 
yeah and I also included the bit when I said he was really laughing then because I love that bit as well yeah because I feel like a lot of normal people it's depressing oh yeah I mean they really both go through a hell of a time in this book yeah so them laughing together when they have their moments of being really happy together you say oh bless you yeah those are the golden moments in this book where they're able to just feel comfortable and safe and happy with each other yeah because they keep bringing that up about how it's not like this with other people yeah they only feel really comfortable around each other which Which is is a bit then heartbreaking at the end where she then goes off to America for her writing what do you mean she does he does he does sorry I haven't reread or rewatched it okay well you I'll be the normal people expert this time around and you can be the beautiful well what are you expert because I've not read that since what July (laughs) but then you see how they both want the best for each other constantly and I hope that somewhere in their normal people universe they they get together yeah at some point so do you like them together and do you think well I don't know if the word deserve each other is the Mm. right phrase it's quite a loaded phrase but like I don't do you just do you think they make sense together I think so but I think so much of normal people is about the fact that they do not talk to each other I mean they talk to each other but they don't talk to each other and that's the infuriating aspect of this novel it seems almost like it's a call to get people to openly communicate with each other. Because even though they've got this fantastic connection and there's like, I think so much of their relationship is based on the feeling. Mm. I think, imagine how amazing it would be if they actually opened up to each other and spoke to each other openly and properly. Because I remember seeing so many like parody scenes like after the tv show came out where people were recreating the scenes or making up their own scenes if they were like Marianne and Connell and literally nothing is said between them they don't say anything to each other really it's that I think that's one of the main reasons why I'm not a huge fan but I can't it's the most frustrating thing in the world how like what really got on my way was when Connell needed somewhere to stay when he lost his job and yeah. then he, and he was staying at her all the time anyway and then he didn't want to tell her and then they had the whole miscommunication and then they broke up when they didn't need to break up there's so much miscommunication it's like I know it's that must be a really hard thing to do but when you're at that point with each other surely that open communication should be easy and should be the best thing and it would just bring them closer together surely yeah, they seem to think it's going to pull them apart. Is this is it showing that I'm not been in a relationship? Because I'm like, hey, why can't you do that? And people who've been in relationships long, yeah, as if. No, I don't think so necessarily. Mm. I guess maybe it's just over exaggerating that kind of hard aspect of relationships. I don't yeah. know. Why is there a relationship? so difficult why is it always so hard for them to be together I don't know I wish I knew but it is it seems it seems like hard work but they don't want to put the work in but they both want to be with each other yeah it's weird I think there's almost points where they feel like 
they don't deserve to be with each other yeah absolutely that's why yeah it's like the whole thing of um oh my god what is it from when it's like i'll come and find you when i think my life's good enough for you to be in it oh it ends with us at this i actually know that's not really relevant if you read it ends with us this is like the same situation without this i'm thinking of but yeah yeah no it's, it's almost as if they're not they don't give themselves up no that's not the right way of saying it but they don't let themselves like go for it with this relationship yeah there's just something a bit messed up about both of them which I think the point is that that's there's something a bit messed up about all of us like who am I to say but I, I just don't understand so many of their actions but no. maybe that's because I don't have like the trauma that they have. Like yeah. what just Marianne is just constantly punishing herself. She is constantly. She constantly is putting her down and putting herself down and trying to find ways to mentally and physically punish herself. Yeah. And I think maybe that's another thing I didn't like about it. I just found that difficult to read. And well, okay, I understand why in terms of well, I don't want to psychoanalyze her, but it suggested, you know, she, her dad, through the warning, her dad was abusive. Her brother is as well. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Connell, to start with, especially, did not treat her well at all. No. So I understand, but, well, that's my understanding of, like, where all this comes from. This needs to self-harm. Um, but it, that, so I get it, but also it is difficult to read and I'm like please Marianne look after yourself like yeah. why that guy in Sweden a guy in Sweden oh my no. god no no Stop. she just picks the worst men apart from Connell yeah and yeah. also okay the person who really got my nerves the most was Jamie and in the book I was a bit like, mm. when you see him in the TV show and you have to hear his grating voice. And that, when he sat there at the table in Italy. The table scene in Italy and he's just so, so rude. So, um, so horrible. Yeah. But I think actually that's something that really did really well is how she shows Marianne is so intelligent in so many ways and is the most incredible woman. And yet somehow when she's with men and when she's with Jamie, she doesn't stand up for herself at all. If she was in a seminar, she'd be giving it. Yeah, giving she'd be going for it. Opinions on politics, whatever. And then for some reason with Jamie, and she just shut up herself. Uh, but I think, sadly, that happens with so many women. And yeah. Well, it works both ways, both genders. But, Maria, but do you know what? In the book, I really, I could not stand Connell at all. Because... I just the way he treated her really like I just I had a bit of a grudge against him yeah I, oh and oh my god I hated watching it in the tv version as well I didn't re-watch that so it turns out a few years ago when it first came out I watched maybe the first four or five I think I watched the first five episodes and all of, and I was like I don't want to watch this anymore because it's hated yeah. stuff it's just so painful he's so horrible and then she forgives him. But fair enough. But then 
in the TV show, I felt like, I don't know, I just think Daisy Edgar Jones and Paul Mescal are the most amazing actors. They so, were incredible. And I think he brought Connell to life a bit more for me and made me understand, like, oh, shit, like, he's, oh, I remember thinking, oh, no, he's got all of his own things going on, like everyone does. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, bless him, especially him at uni. I feel like he's like us at uni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think what because I read it before I went to uni and then watched it. Obviously, it came out in lockdown after being at uni for a bit. So I feel like you kind of get semi different experience of being able to maybe relate to mm. some of those bits a bit more. But I think Sally Rooney does such a good job at unlikable characters. Mm, yeah. And I think that's partly what I like I like not liking all the characters because uh-huh. I, I feel like unlikable characters are normally more kind of well-rounded and well-shaped than likable characters more 3d got a bit more depth yeah mm. I don't know because I know that a lot of people don't like her books because of her characters and her books are so character driven yeah and because she has such a mix of likable and unlikable characters, like, yeah, some people don't like them. But I'm all, I'm all here for that. I'm like, give me complicated, different people who are completely unlike myself or anyone I know, or people who are like myself and people I know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that. You know, I think it's a good point now to discuss the title. Yeah. The concept of normal people and her having all these likeable and unlikable characters and they're all normal. And I, I, I find it super interesting reading the entire book, thinking about the concept of what is normal. And yeah. I think as you grow up, it's cringy to say it, but you realise, you know, like normal doesn't exist. You know, I, I hate using the word, but we all use it. And I think it's such a clever word choice because from the beginning, that's what Connell's worried about. That he's so worried the entire time about being perceived as normal. Yeah, they're all worried about how others view them. Yeah, exactly. Like Marianne, less so, but Connell, like he, you know, he's so concerned about being normal, having friends fitting in, yeah. which so many of us are. Yeah. Um, and. And I love that it really does feel like, again, I don't want to use the word, but it feels like a book about normal people. No, it does. Yeah, I know. Because I, I know exactly what you mean by there, saying that. There are people you can imagine. OK, actually, I don't know any Marianne's. I don't know any Connell's. I'd like to know a Connell. But I know just their thought processes. They're just very understandable. Like, you can imagine that person actually existing. If yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe Rooney was writing about her friends or herself they do feel real and I think that adds to yeah. that element yeah yeah so I, I really enjoy that yeah if anyone knows any Connells let me know do a Phoebe Bridges thing for me oh yeah yeah although I actually didn't um find Paul Mescal that attractive in it oh see I did I think he's more attractive than Joe Alwyn Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our different type strike again. 
that's okay we can't be fighting over the same guy I know exactly. <laughs> oh and also um another point I'd like to make about Connell is um I love or oh, oh, actually I couldn't I can't say I love but I really appreciated the entire section towards the end when we saw Connell go and speak to I think someone at the uni about his depression yeah and zap him a big plot point I suppose mm-hmm. at the end of the book and I think that's something that Sally really does really well across all of her books and we'll get on to I think it makes sense to just do a normal people chunk then we'll do beautiful world where are you but yeah. we'll talk more about that um it's another theme there and the same with actually Nick with mm, she- yeah book what kind of do about Nick's depression and I, I don't want it to be like a buzzword like oh let's include mental health in this book but speaking as a mentally ill person myself I just I just really like how she goes about including mental health issues yeah because I feel like she herself doesn't make it to be a plot point I feel like for her it's more of just an aspect of the character which I think is so true to how it is in life yeah it's not like a defining feature of a person it's just an aspect yeah so I think she handled the way she talks about it and how she includes it I think is in such a way that reflects real life and how people deal with this that yeah big fan yeah. of how she does that I love that it's you're so right in how like it isn't really like something that drives the plot it's just there not something that drives the character either it's just part of them which it's just I just love that so much it's so nice to be able to see yourself in a book ever yeah. to not be at the top and because so often I feel like say in a book if someone's depressed then it's like oh they're going into a mental hospital they're having a massive breakdown and it's like the bell jar kind of thing yeah. this is very much like yeah we're normal people there's this so many parts and true life yeah exactly I was like oh my god hey look it's another depressed person it's not I'm saying all of this like having anxiety and depression so um don't worry I'm not like coming for people <laughs> <laughs> no but and yeah I just think what she does really well is just having it there and it's not advertiser it's not when you promote the books or like hear about them it's never spoken about as like oh this is a book about mental health that you don't even it's not a selling point yeah which was so good like and when we were describing them but when did the plot summaries earlier we just said like oh yeah like it's about relationships and that yeah so I really appreciate that thank you I really appreciate that she she manages to tap into I think so many things that people think and feel but maybe don't articulate or don't realize mm. in what I know some form of the universal human experience as yeah. such that goes for both for all of her books I think yeah very true because they're not really as we've said her books don't have too much plot you know things do happen yeah. but it's not super dramatic books I think it gives her so much more space to discuss all her characters and it's so much about thoughts yeah but that's like the whole thing because it's never active like obviously the whole dialogue thing not having speech marks yeah and I, I just love that I think so many people who like reading a proper like, DMC kind of people yeah know, 
which is what this is full of yeah um and so I I really appreciate it gives her the space to talk about so many different things and like she always has a go about capitalism in it not a fan of that (laughs) (laughs) but not even just that like she makes a point of you know like with Felix well and with Connell there's always this stuff about like um class imbalance that kind of thing just work and life in general it's like if you were to write a book about your life it could be one of these books because there's never anything about can't believe that happened like it's all just it gives space to every all the minutiae of a day that maybe you don't think other people notice but she notices you know yeah I think that's yeah that's such a good way of putting it and I think that's why so many people like her books because of that because of that reason it's they can relate and see parts of their lives and other people's lives in it also just side point your hair looks really cute because it looks like it's like chopped off but it really suits you so if you were to ever chop your hair go for that sort of length because it looks really nice oh thank you back to it um should we go back to it with another quote yeah okay I'm gonna go for page what is it page 254 towards towards the latter part of the book and this actually isn't about Marianne or Connell it's just about Dublin and Sally Rooney's beautiful beautiful writing yeah so it reads Dublin is extraordinarily beautiful to her in wet weather the way grey stone darkens to black and rain moves over the grass and whispers on slick roof tiles raincoats glistening in the undersea colour of street lamps rain silver as loose change in the glare of traffic I I really I love her writing so much I just think so all three of the books are Dublin based yeah and hey I've never been to Dublin I don't know how accurate it is but god she manages to make it so beautiful when I imagine like London it probably is a bit rough in place (laughs) I, I love that I love the Irishness of her books and I just I love how she makes the mundane things kind of beautiful but not in a like she doesn't glamorize things yeah it's just it's poetic and touching I think is a better way of saying it yeah no I think poetic is is the perfect way of saying it yeah it's the way she writes about such normal everyday things and I feel like that's kind of the basis of what beautiful world where are you is about the beauty in the everyday and the fact that it's always there even if it's not explicitly obvious to you in that moment but again more of that later well interestingly the books can be quite international at points as well so we've got this Dublin base and um, I want to go into a bit more about Dublin and um, being back home and where are they does it begin with an S? Currently. Oh no, Sligo. Sligo, yeah. But also going off, well, I had an absolute shock when um, Connell was like, I'm on a train through Europe when I read yeah. it. Like, what? And then the whole going to Italy thing, I was like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting this. And I was jetting off to New York. I was like, oh wow, what's going on here? I know. And even in her other ones, like you've got the whole Portugal slash. France, like wherever it is, in conversations with friends. Oh yeah, yeah. And then going to Rome. 
Rome in beautiful where are you so it's not just in Ireland they jump all over the shop as well which is super interesting in that we keep talking about how our books are so every day and yet yeah those aren't everyday things to do (laughs) why is it that it feels like also not a lot happens but then here they are jets setting off everywhere yeah I don't know how does even that seem kind of normal so weird isn't it to think about it does actually because of course in normal people they're uh, the house in Italy isn't theirs they're not renting it they're just borrowing it from someone yeah so like it's the class thing there and I guess the same in conversations with friends mm. they're borrowing it from her literary agent or whatever and in beautiful world where are you they're able to go to Rome because it's part of her job mm. So potentially it's not so maybe normal people, but then it's not just a story about just like upper middle class people. There's that class crossing. Class is a big thing, I think, in all of the books. Oh, yeah. mm. I think you make a point there with any of those words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that was good what you said. It's just interesting to think about like, so what, why do these characters always travel abroad? what point is she making I mean is it something to do with like I don't know just broadening the horizon so it's just not a tiny Irish book like how people always used to criticize Jane Austen for her books being the south of England you know it's a bit more like I think because the characters are just curious you know they don't see going abroad as maybe like a, a big event is just because everything's written so in such a flat tone yeah think of it as well this is a big thing and not necessarily saying it's not but I think it's more so just like they're curious and they just want to go and see other bits of the world and the backdrop because it's so character driven wherever they are fades into the background of it apart from some of these gorgeous descriptions yeah yeah that's an interesting interesting thing I hadn't really thought about Mm. I guess is it a normal thing for people who live in the UK to go to Europe I would say go to Benidorm, yeah. <laughs> I would say it. Yeah, is I don't know. Almost work trips to Rome or whatever. I suppose yeah, quite a few people go interrailing. Not that many people have a family house in Italy. Yeah, but yeah. then that was changing the TV show, wasn't it? That she actually owned it. So. Yeah, I guess so. But I think maybe it does also, like you were saying, because. The way Italy is described is described in the same way that Dublin is described. Yeah. And it's so much more focused on the people mm-hmm. as opposed to where they are. So I don't know whether that's a way of separating the people from the place. Yeah. And none of the people really seem to have, like, their identity isn't so much mixed in with where they're from. Yeah. Obviously, there's still, there is still that, but that's not a defining factor about no. any of them I guess I think it's more so that place is can be a plot device to it's more so just gives another scenario in which the characters can interact yeah and I think it's there's a difference with Sligo and Dublin that's a whole thing yeah but in terms of all the other places they visit I think it's more so like okay right what situation are we going to put Marianne and Connell in now where yeah. they're going to be 
are they going to go to the Mediterranean and have some like, passionate times? Yeah, with her boyfriend there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but let's uh, just chat a little bit more about Sligo and Dublin because I find that so intriguing. This is the one book out of the three where, like, Dub- hey, Dublin is the focus, but Sligo is, like, such a huge part. Like, yeah. Friends, like, well, they all go off at some point. Like, you know, Frances, she goes back to visit her mum in County Mayo, I think, and, like... Um, beautiful world what are you Alice is living wherever she's living yeah, whatever but, town's called I can't remember but this is the first time when we have a huge chunk of the book where both characters are there yeah that's how it starts because both yeah. of them are family homes and I feel like that's that in a way, yeah it's more that is more of a basis than Dublin in a sense yeah, because they always end up going back yeah for I, different reasons yeah and in different ways because they both have very different relationships with their families yeah exactly I feel like place is even more important to normal people because it's all about again the idea of fitting in being normal and being in Sligo that's where Connor feels most at home and then going to Dublin is where um, Marianne feels most at home and it's just so interesting how um, I don't think this is actually in the book but, but Connell in the TV show very much is talking about like how is he going to cope in New York when he was like he can't even cope in Dublin and he just yeah. he doesn't enjoy being there. It's just not like being his life at all. But it, I just I like the idea of like so often people say like it doesn't matter where you are it matters who you're with. But that doesn't seem the case in this because even when they're both in the same place, like. It doesn't really help as such. Yeah, because I think, because I guess that's, there's always something missing in their relationship. Because I guess when they moved to Dublin for university, she seems to find her people really quickly, or so these some yeah. people. And he very much struggles with that. And I think that's partly why he struggles being in Dublin. Mm. But even then, she's, I think she's struggling in Dublin as well but then also she struggles kind of at home because of her relationship with her mum and brother so it it is interesting whether it's the the place that makes it or the people or both or yourself or what and I don't think that's fully answered Mm. because in a way at the end of the book they're both still kind of he's off to New York so he's gonna search for both himself and his place in the world as such there I can't remember what she's doing at the end, but she's also still obviously trying to find her place in the world after uni. So it's never fully resolved in that way. It just, it seems like they don't feel like they fit in anywhere. They might momentarily feel like they do, but in fact, they don't. Yeah. And I think that... The fact that that feeling is paired with the moment of their lives that this book covers, mm-hmm. I think goes hand in hand really well. Because I feel like that's the kind of feeling you get jumping from home and university here and there back and forth. You're kind of at that point in your life where you don't know where you fit, what's coming next. You haven't been in the same place for like an extended period of time. 
it's a very kind of ah period of your mm. lives yeah that's such a good point there's just constantly this push and pull between Dublin and Sligo and it's like the same as their relationship push and pull between them what's yeah. going to happen and just as but you say that yeah just that point in your life and just being like I don't know who, who I am what I'm doing that's definitely when I feel like when you go to uni that for me I found this the most formative time in my life and yeah, really, definitely. Like, all the cliche stuff like figuring out who you are that kind of thing but they, I think those things are cliches for a reason yeah and this is maybe one of the only books I've read set in that kind of five-year period mm. which is such a kind of formative time and so much change regardless of whether you do go to university or not yeah. I think your kind of early 20s are such an interesting time to be a person and figure out who you are just the leaving school and not have everything planned out for you anymore. yeah it's it just throws your whole life off kilter you're like oh what now yeah starting to become an adult and actually paying bills yeah so I think it was a really clever kind of period mm-hmm. to pick for her kind of space and time. Yeah. I think that allows for relatability as well mm-hmm. from people reading. Yeah. I, th- I think it's the most liminal point in your life. Yeah. That once again works out really well with all the shifting around between places. And he- their relationship is a liminal one. Like, again, he's leaving. Mm-hmm. Never fully able to just appreciate the time that they have to get by don't they yeah I just want to say because I feel like we've been talking about normal people for a while you should yeah. probably can't be for a while are you but before that I want to discuss so I don't okay I don't hate normal people but the reason why I one of the main reasons why I don't love it as much as everyone else is because of the book and the time frame thing the time structure the flashbacks Oh, did you not find reading it? It was just so irritating in that, like, you had to always be so on it because it jumped. Like, you go to the next chapter and it'd be like two weeks later, whatever, and it was like three months later. But then within that, then they'd go back and be like, oh, yeah, remember that when, like, I had that conversation with him that, like, led to this, and then they go back into the present. It's so all I know. I know you mean it is all over the place time-wise. It's so irritating. I wish... It was more chronological. I just, I don't know. Maybe that's just like a personal preference. But, oh, I know know what you mean, because that is a bit annoying, because like you say, you've constantly got to be reminding yourself where this part of the story fits in the whole timeline Mm. of the story. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the best thing for the best form for this book book to be in maybe it would be better if it was chronological but just had those different time gaps between each of the chapters maybe that would work better yeah I'm not against a flashback or whatever or jumping around in time but just in this one where it's even harder to read with the lack of you know speech marks etc and it's so passive I feel like that's just one extra thing that I don't want to be dealing with yeah that I didn't enjoy that. <laughs> no, I think that is totally fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, is there anything else that you would like to say about normal people? Maybe I'll just wrap up with a quote to end the yes, I think kind of links quite well to what we were saying um before. Oh. Um, 
Marianne had a sense that her life was happening somewhere very far away, happening without her, and she didn't know if she would ever find out where it was or become part of it. I feel like that sums up how a lot of young people feel, or even just people in general, always kind of working towards what's next and not really being in the moment and feeling like you're I know like your life's happening somewhere far away and you're not you're not there yet but wondering if and when you'll ever get get there like that liminal space in your own life yeah because normal people is the messy space between between where you are now and like where you want to be yeah it's it's a book of like it's it's not an easy book you know I feel like they go through a lot yeah I mean why I don't like it I was like please just have some lovely romantic times thank you yeah yeah (laughs) I was like this hits too close to home I think that there are definitely bits in all of Sally Rooney's writing and it was like could you just like look in my brain yeah (laughs) but okay so on to beautiful world where are you so that we don't talk for three hours yes Wow. Okay. I really, really like this book. I wasn't sure because of the emails. The emails were what really annoyed me. And I really did not like the final chapter. Okay. I I agree with you on that. That final bit, what was the point? Well, they need it. I, I did read that through gritted teeth, that final chapter. I was like, she's okay. It almost made me not give it five stars because of that final chapter. Literally, right, because I wasn't going to give it five stars because Conversations with Friends is god tier for me. But throughout, so I started off and I was like, before I got to know them, I was like, yeah, three stars, like being a bit of a joggy, like not into that. Yeah. <laughs> More went on, I was like, oh, four stars. And then I got to the end and it was the epilogue about lockdown and I was like right I've had enough of this three stars but because I keep thinking about it and I just I love the book otherwise I've decided four stars but so yeah it's all about lockdown and it is just the it's like you've you wrote a story and then lockdown happened after you'd written it and then you're like oh guess I better say something about it let's slap another chapter on the end please leave it alone we don't need that not only is it a lockdown chapter, but it's a two years in the future or oh. eight months in the future chapter. And that's my pet peeve. I hate that. Like, I don't need an epilogue that takes place a year and a half later. Like, and that's I not what, this is the type of story where you do that. No. I just... It was quite out of character for her, I thought. Because if you think of how she ends all her other books, when she ends normal people with him going off to New York, her doing her thing in Dublin, you don't know where they're going to be, whether they're going to get together. The same in conversations with friends. It ends with her being like, come and get me. And you're like, oh, are they going to start up their relationship again? Are they going to, is he going to divorce his wife? Are her and Bobby going to stay together? So it seems so out of character. Did with the this final chapter. Like, hey, you need to say something about lockdown, please. <laughs> Thank you. So, so yeah, I really didn't enjoy that chapter. If that's something that you'd get at the end of some kind of Victorian book, 
when they were like, oh, yes, and then they all lived happily ever yeah. after. We got married and had babies. I, I don't That's know literally that. what happens in that chapter. Yeah. <laughs> it's all because you get the way it ends before that, you think, oh, okay, I see. Like, so you see Simon and um, I forgot what she called Simon and Eileen. Eileen. Simon and Eileen, oh, you know that. You know, they're, they're making a go of it now. Before we get to the epilogue, that's fine. Can't remember where it, Where does Emma, Alice and Felix before we get to that? Um, they seem... They're before kind the of still at the same place that they, they were before. Like, they're still yeah. together, but they're not living with each other yet, but they're just seeing what yeah. happens in their relationship. Yeah, so I feel like that's fair. You're like, yeah, they're still, like, making a go of it. I feel like it's all right to end it there. Like, with the other books, you don't 100% know what's going to happen, but you're like, okay, this is... A substantial ending like, yeah when they said about how Simon and Eileen got married I was like well I kind of expected that you didn't need to tell me yeah I think mm. we all pretty much knew that was happening yeah with them that, they... is my, that is my pet peeve for this book yeah and I got that out of our system <laughs> just another look because I do really like it I really don't like the whole tinder thing and how they actually like this book more than the others more than anything I've read in ages just feels so right now and so like you recognize things in it like the only thing I can think of right now is they talk about tinder and I don't like that because even if books are very relatable and I, I quite you know I like it as we've been saying with having the normality in it but sometimes it takes it too far and I'm like excuse me sorry you shouldn't know what that is because we're in a made-up world and we need to escape now so I was just oh please talk about that and I think the weird thing is she name drops tinder but she doesn't when they're talking about like whatever instant message thing they use to chat to each other that's not email she calls it like a social media application or a something something application so she doesn't name drop it so I would have much preferred if she just didn't name drop tinder and just called it a dating app yeah because or just give a name to say like she opened Instagram like either give it a name or just leave it or yeah vague like I think that's something that is like that's an inconsistency Mm. with if you're going to name one app you've got to name all the other apps they use that you mentioned and if Insta said no you can't name drop us then just call it like just call it something else Exactly. So, like, why couldn't you have just called it a dating app rather than... I've got a promo deal with Tinder. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean... Yeah. Okay, but... It's not, it's not a perfect book. There are bits where, like, if I was her editor, I'd be like, mm, change that. <laughs> but I don't have the authority to do that. <laughs> She's at the point now where, I'm like, as a writer gets bigger and bigger, then they're not edited as much. I, maybe that's not what happens but I feel like that is the case of some writers um yeah and I think sometimes they're not allowed to mature in their style as much so I think it was nice to see this is a matured Sally Rooney yeah. in her style which mm. is nice it's not just a carbon copy yeah of her other stuff but I feel like there are elements in this which don't feel very Sally Rooney no. with that last bit no I completely agree can I just quick fire another couple of things that annoy me before we get into why it's a four star? Oh, because I've been holding on to these. So, <laughs> so, what I really don't like is 
just Felix in general. But he's why an interesting did... character. Oh, he is so irritating. I don't like that. Um, well, the thing is, I'm just not a druggie, so yeah. I'm sort of like I need to do drugs. I, I am judgmental. Yeah. Okay, sorry, yeah, I am. Okay. And I just don't like that that's... A, I feel like it's a big part of his personality. Or maybe I'm just picking up on it more because I don't like that. And I'm like, oh my God, scandalous. I'm like, oh, don't like it. Um, and I thought, I feel like he just don't have, doesn't have much of a personality otherwise. There's not much I, to I do feel like Eileen is settling with him. Alice. Alice. Alice yeah. is settling with him. Mm. Especially in comparison to Simon. Yeah. Mm. I feel like Felix is not a 29-year-old man. He isn't, is he? He's more like a 26-year-old, 25, 24-year-old man. Yeah, I was so surprised when he was when he said he was that age. I was like, really? Okay. I know. Yeah. But, but then actually I like the fact that I don't like Felix. Yeah. But you know what? I don't know if I necessarily like Alice either so maybe I don't really like Alice either no, I think I like Simon the most oh yeah oh he doesn't like Simon yeah there are even points where I don't I don't like Eileen there are points where I don't yeah. like all of them yeah I like the fact that I don't like them all the time I basically don't like that Eileen is trying to sabotage her relationship with Simon yeah I'm like um, Eileen let yourself live yeah and okay. I mean a bit sharp sometimes with things she says yeah which I don't really like maybe that's because I'm not really like that and I'm like mm, don't like that but yeah. even some of the emails some of the things she says to Alice and I'm like all right chill out like yeah, don't, I feel don't like, like I an email to someone <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Oh, and another thing I find annoying before we go on to we can do some lovely quotes and everything. The emails, the return of the emails, stop emailing. And these okay, e- I don't mind the emails, okay. but I'll let you rant about the emails first. Okay. At least this is an emails form of text, okay? Yeah. But this is like, it's not as bad. I get that. Like, if you're not, you don't get to see your friend that much, emailing them every so often, updating them, okay? But it's more so the content of the emails. I used to skim over those because that's what they were talking about with these big philosophical things and all these theories. And those were the bits when I was like, mm, this is a bit too pretentious for my liking because I actually didn't understand what they're on about. And so, sorry, I just, no, that, that was too heavy for me. I was like, get back to Simon Riley's love story. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but what, what did you enjoy about them? I I really like they felt more like letters than emails even though I know we're explicitly told they're emails I think it would have worked even better slightly if they were letters because I feel like that's then a nice mix of old and new kind of vibey but even even so I really enjoy them and I like I think it gives you an interesting insight into their friendship they have an in they have got a weird friendship I think Eileen and Alice because they don't talk to each other on the phone they literally just email each other or in in person with each other and yes some of the stuff they talk about is verging on pretentious but I think some of the stuff 
they talk about feels very it's almost as if it's Sally Rooney herself and it feels very self-aware of both the book in itself like there's a really interesting start of one of the emails about like the contemporary novel and whatnot that's Um, another reason I didn't like it because I felt like she was just talking about herself I think there are points where it feels like she's maybe trying to justify why she writes about what she writes about in a way and when she kept making comments about like I don't like that people want to know me and want to know more about the writer that's what I think definitely Alice is a reflection of Sally Rooney's place as an author yeah which is a bit isn't it amazing how many things annoys me yeah I prefer this way more to normal people it's it's interesting though isn't it I think sometimes it's the things that make you think more and kind of rub you up the wrong way or give you a different outlook on things are the more kind of interesting parts of it yeah I actually already read it again though because the things I like in it I love yeah and like the typical Sally Rooney writing the descriptions it's just so beautiful and I I do love the self-awareness of the novel as a whole and I think with it being very modern it sort kind of seems to maybe even argue for the place of just novels in everyday life yeah oh when I guess you could have expected them to have like completely died out I enjoy it. I think it's very thought-provoking and it's nice to see a friendship where they they talk about these kind of deep, interesting philosophical things. Okay, yeah, sometimes it's like, okay, you're going slightly too far but I enjoy that they have more than just a surface level friendship. It's so sweet that the relationships in Sally Rooney books are often romantic or sexual ones yeah uh, with this I mean obviously there are friendships in other books but they're mired by well not mired but you know their friendships mixed up with like friends with benefit kind of thing yeah and this is the first example where it's pure friendship between yeah. and Eileen and yeah there are parts of the emails that are so moving I love all the DMC things I can't get yeah. enough of and it seems like it, they're writing a diary entry yet. They let the other one read it, which is so... Yeah, which is so sweet and just so vulnerable and open. And there are so many conversations between each of the characters where they open up, like that bit with Eileen and Simon towards the end when they decide to kind of give things a go again. And I was almost in tears at how how open and vulnerable they were both being to each other. And you can tell that they're both invested in that conversation and listening and understanding each other and getting to know each other more on like such a deeper level, even after knowing each other for 10 odd years. Like, I just love that. I don't know why, but that just made me think of something. I literally want to say one sentence about them and move on. Why is it that in Sally Marina books, everyone seems to hate their families? And there's always family drama. I wonder whether Sally Rooney has some family drama. Yeah. That's why. That's just something I just quickly wanted to mention, but I'll keep meaning to get on to. Please share a beautiful quote with us. Because there are so many beautiful quotes. Oh my god, there are so many. Um okay, there's quite like a deep one about like the contemporary novel. 
Oh. Oh, I think this is an this is an interesting one. I've just randomly flicked open the book. I think it's towards the beginning where I think it is Alice and Felix. Mm-hmm. Um when they bump into each other after being on their unsuccessful date. They stood there looking at at one another until she lowered her eyes and touched her hair again. He glanced over his shoulder once more at the exit and then back at her. It was difficult to tell if she was enjoying her discomfort or simply taking pity on her. For her part, she seemed to feel obliged to continue standing there as long as he wanted to talk. That's a really interesting, insightful kind of thing about their their position with each other because they're kind of strangers at that point but they don't really know each other but then that it makes you wonder whether because he's wondering whether she's enjoying this or she's doing this to make herself uncomfortable or make him uncomfortable or what okay and I've now just opened to one (laughs) that Simon which is on similar vein to Connell's quote about religion I bet I'm gonna have this written down if God wanted me to give you up he wouldn't have made me who I am. Oh, Simon. Oh, can I see? Like, for a moment, they looked at one another. She put her hand on her cheek then, and her face was flushed. So you're not going to renounce our friendship, she said. Not for anything. Oh, I've actually got, I have to say one. That is And um, Eileen says, ah. He said, I think if I believed in God, I wouldn't want to prostrate myself before him and ask for forgiveness. I would just want to thank him every day for everything. Oh, I just, I just love it. Oh my gosh. It's just all so thoughtful. Yeah. So, I, oh, I so love how they all talk. I love it so much. And how appreciative they are of everything because they have such difficult times or as we all do and yeah and you know because it's literally the title like where beautiful world where are you it, we're having a hard time and yeah while she's asking that there's so many moments where you see what a beautiful world we live in as yeah. friends, um, when they're saying oh, just Simon and Eileen's love beautiful her friendship with Alice beautiful I've just found a really nice quote, which is Mick, which is when she stood at a train station, it's about this kind of beautiful world. <laughs> oh my God, that's a long sentence. Ah, it's when Alice and Eileen are like reunited. Stop it, that made me cry. Were they aware in the intensity of their embrace of something slightly ridiculous about this tableau or something almost comical as someone nearby sneezed violently into a crumpled tissue as a dirty, discarded plastic bottle scuttled along the platform under a breath of wind, as a mechanised billboard on the train station wall rotated from an advertisement for hair products to an advertisement for car insurance, as life in its ordinariness and even ugly vulgarity imposed itself everywhere all around them, or were they in this moment unaware, or something more than unaware, were they somehow invulnerable to, untouched by vulgarity and ugliness, glancing for a moment in something deeper, something concealed beneath the surface of life, not unreality, but a hidden reality, the presence at all times, in all places, of a beautiful world. 
There we go. That sums up the title. That is wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And now I'm speaking like an old person. Um, <laughs> when I read that, I found that so moving because that really reminds me of like when we reunite after, you know, not seeing each other for ages. That's exactly what I was thinking yeah. of when I was reading it. Yeah. I didn't want to spoil it for you, but I sent it to George because I thought uh, she's not going to read this for years or if ever. And he was like, oh, we're going to literally cry. That's us meeting in the station. Oh, I just, I loved that. Oh, my God, I, just, I couldn't love it more. Just how, so, so aware of, like, it was just, it's all about awareness, isn't it? Being, like, aware of what's around you, not being aware, being part of this, like, I don't know, just being part of this world that, like, isn't beautiful, but you're, you're making it beautiful, you know? Make it beautiful by the things you do and the things you notice. And, like, Alice, when she's talking about that kind of, notebook she kept where she would note down kind of beautiful things she saw in everyday life yeah, yeah. as much as we were moaning about this book at the beginning oh, it is so lovely it really is oh my god and another thing because I said I wanted to come back to it um mental health again yes right, with Alice so Alice is I don't know I'm not going to diagnose her, but well, she clearly has mental health issues in this. Like she says that she had a breakdown um, and was in hospital. And and then she talks about it with Eileen about how, like, you know, she goes through periods where, again, like she just doesn't want to go out and do anything. She just can't do it. And I'm like, I feel you. And then Eileen talks to her about, you know, like I had to... I didn't have any money like going to visit you every day that kind of thing which I found really moving in that like sometimes I am Alice and it made me realize like oh that's like my friend give up so much for me and I, I like that this in particular like it made me think about like how your mentality like it can affect other people mm. if that makes sense like yeah, yeah. I don't know that like we've spoken a lot about how like she discusses mental health like really well but yeah I felt like this bit was so aware of its further impact like outside of yourself as well and then made me think like oh, gosh I just like I really love everyone like, all my friends are so supportive of me and I was having a bit of like an introspective moment yeah uh, as annoying as Alice is I like yeah I get you because <laughs> me too <laughs> And I like that she wasn't necessarily that likable, but you still could empathise with her. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, no one's like a black and white villain or anything. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And like, everyone's allowed to have their issues, you know? Yeah. It's not like, oh, her, like Eileen can't have any problems, whatever, like, because she's not like, been diagnosed, you know what I mean? It's like everyone's problems are relative. To their own lives yeah and I think Sally Rooney does such a good job at presenting that and allowing the reader to feel empathy for mm. each character in certain aspects of their life I wonder how much influence people Sally Rooney knows have into her characters or whether she's just a really good person being able to like understand people however because the way she writes about people because across all her books she doesn't copy characters no which I think you find some authors do 
yeah. they've got their kind of typical characters. Yeah, Sally Rooney is so good at characters and building new, complex, mm. interesting, unlikable characters. Can we talk a little bit more about Simon, please? Oh, Simon and Eileen. Yeah. So sweet. Simon and Eileen for the win. Oh. Who would have thought he is like the purest, sweetest character to ever exist in the Rooneyverse? Like, he is just the loveliest. And oh, what a joy to read. I loved reading about him. I feel like he was the closest that Sally Rooney gets to getting a little bit chiclet-ish yeah is that at all but you know what I mean yeah I mean even with I guess the kind of chiclet parts like Eileen just going to Simon's apartment in the middle of the night that's that seems chiclet-esque but she handles it in such a way that it doesn't feel chiclet I want to talk about I love when she is on the bus still and then she realizes she's like oh I'm near Simon's oh I guess I better go over work. I know <laughs> I was like yes Eileen I don't blame you <laughs> oh oh my gosh yeah and I love when they kind of do like married couple stuff together like yeah. literally just like get into a habit putting the news on and that they do seem to fall into this really lovely little routine with each other yeah or even like the little lines where I think she's talking to her sister about if she's bringing anyone to the wedding and she's like oh no I'm not bringing anyone there's this guy but he'll already be there so I'm like her sister knows straight away and I'm like yes yeah oh my god I actually found it really endearing reading all the stuff from her childhood about when she saw him yeah it's about like oh it's a bit like pedoey in that but like it literally isn't um because their relationship was platonic for so yeah, long. yeah for ages yeah um it's not until they're way older but like I found that just sweet how is it she didn't get on with her family and he used to come around and because he he was an Oxford man and he but he used to come around and yeah. you know toil in the fields and that and I'm like oh okay the bit where he says when she asks him why he he first came to theirs and I think he was I can't remember what book it was but basically he'd read a book and was he it wanted, yeah I think it might have been and he wanted to be like a character in that book yeah. so that's why he did that and I'm like okay I love this man <laughs> and he has so much integrity as well like because they keep talking about you know he could be making so much money if he wanted to so much money but he's working for I know he he believes in who he works for yeah exactly he's working for some local politician but yeah yeah Yeah. and those moments where he's able to open up and be really vulnerable and honest like I love male characters who are vulnerable and show their vulnerable sides because I feel like not enough men in real life do that yeah. I think it's such an important part just for like a human to be in touch with that side of themselves and to open up. So another reason why he's a fantastic character. Sally Rooney is doing bits for, you know, chipping away at this stigma about men talking he about is, it. Because 
all of her male characters talk about their feelings. Okay, maybe Felix not so much. So, but yeah, a bit. yeah, a little bit. I guess like to do with his sexuality opens yeah, up. Yeah, so sweet. Oh, adorable. Oh, can we talk about the fight? Because <gasps> we never really get to fight scenes in well between the main characters. That is a fair point, actually. In any of her books, but there it goes off. <laughs> it, oh, does. it does. Whoa, the drama. To be fair, right, at that point. So we're talking about Eileen and um, Alice's fight in person. Yeah. Alice is annoying me. And she's being quite inconsiderate. Yeah. Oh, I just didn't expect all the drama and like Eileen's on the stairs crying and like Simon's chasing after her. I know. I didn't oh. expect any of it. That was not very funny. Carry it carries on into like the next few days as well. It's like yeah. she's really she's really gone all out in this book. She's thrown everything at it. Yeah. But I liked it in terms of I felt like that was true of female friendship. Like when you are yeah. that close, but like one of my best friends, you can just say everything. At yeah. Them. I was like, that was so okay. We don't really, like, we never really argued because mm-hmm. you're just such a gentle person. But it reminds me of me and George, like, just, <laughs> just like, well, I don't know. We never like scream it, but I was like, you really get on my nerves now. Yeah. And that energy that I wanted, you know, I just, I, yes, I just love the like actual females, like, talking at each other's like and they're not just like passive and like, oh, no. like they're able to like have it out with each other yeah. and, and it, yeah. yeah such a display of emotion and feeling yeah just show that they care about you but I'm not saying you need to fight to show you yeah, care about yeah, yeah. argument and they were helpfully expressing basically yeah. each other yeah so, and, and, and yeah it was really sweet with them saying oh didn't what is it I think I wrote it down if you weren't my friend I wouldn't know who I was she said Alice rested her face in Eileen's arm closing her eyes no she agreed I wouldn't know who I was either oh how lovely is that I love passes the Bechdel test yes oh I just feel all so the relationships fun. it's never smooth sailing they all have their ups and downs and yeah. they all actually talk to each other. Yes. Solve these things. That's why I liked a lot more because at least they talked about the problems. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm so there for talking about things like talk, 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 talk your head off by everything. Oh also, I'm conscious that this is probably nearing an hour and a half now. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe we should um, wrap this up. So, as you can tell, we have so much to say about all of these maybe we should have just done one normal people episode in one beautiful world where are we episode but here we are any i was gonna say any final thoughts but we could probably talk okay. let me just pick one more favorite quote because i just i just love them I just yeah because okay. i rattled off a couple Let, let's see what should i go for oh i just love it every time oh. i open the book i just want to carry on reading all the way through okay right i was thinking of simon I started to think about his physical presence in the city, that somewhere inside the city's structure, standing or sitting, holding his arms one way or another, dressed or undressed, he was present. 
and Dublin was like an advent calendar, concealing him behind one of its million windows, and the quality of the air was instilled, the temperature was instilled with his presence. Oh, I love that. Stunning. I love that so much. Because in any other book, that could have been, oh, I thought about Simon as I was making a cup of tea. But it's a Sally Rooney book. That's what you get. And I just, I love her view of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're funny. (laughs) But yeah, I love it. There is definitely a beautiful world out there full of normal people. Go find it. (laughs) Oh my God, stop it. Who are you? I I mean, who knows? Would it be wrong moment time then? I think it is blonde moment time. Blonde moment. Do do. Oh, who's starting? I can start if you want me to. My blonde moment goes to Professor Tamara Galloway. Oh. Is a professor at the University of Exeter in kind of the climate science vibes department, basically. And she... This year, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, she won the Volvo um, Environmental Prize for 2022 for her research and raising awareness about the problems of plastic pollution and its impact on the environment. So you can read up about her and the work that she's doing on the Exeter website, or I guess you can just type in Professor Tamara Galloway. But... I thought that was pretty cool and I love the fact that like the university we go to has people who are like at the forefront their fields doing things getting cool prizes doing good things for the environment so Loki you feel a bit sad that you just went to the university we go to and I'm like I don't go the university that you are an alumnus I don't know what the right form is that's the wrong form actually alumna because you're yeah because it's a feminine yeah I need to brush up on my latin um yeah did so. you know alumni in spanish is student oh I didn't know that yeah, yeah. So I am a student still uh, yeah so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah my blog moment goes to her wonderful what about you um, I want to go to Kate Humble this week because, well, frankly, it's because I, I walked into the lounge and my dad had autumn watch on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I actually didn't see her on it, but it just made me think about her. And I was like, oh, it's getting autumnal now. Yeah. Well, we're in full swing of autumn. Almost Clocks swing. have gone back. We're back to GMT. Yeah. yeah, true. And she is an icon, been on our telly for so many years, doing very important work, talking yeah. about all the ecosystems and that getting out of my depth now but about you know how like at the moment the autumn's very summery and it's wrecking havoc on like all yeah. the trees and that, which some of them get confused and are in bloom again and that kind of thing so she's doing important work also for the environment so quite linked go. yeah very cool um, but anyway um to end our hour and a half long episode <laughs> yeah well done for sticking out with us yeah next time we'll be bringing you something very recent very topical yes 
And we'll be talking about My Policeman. Which Kerry has seen and not said anything to me yet. I am yet to see. I'm excited. I don't really know what to expect. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Not giving anything away. You've got such a good poker face right now. No. Well, I thought it was the same as the book. Oh. So I didn't feel the need to express myself again. Okay. 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 I can hold can hold on for another week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next time for that lovely episode. Thanks for listening to Tea O'Clock with Keller. See you next time. <laughs>